0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Afronomics. I am Albert Zufak. I'm the chief economist for Africa at the World Bank. The 2017 Global Findex database shows that 1.2 billion adults have obtained a financial account since 2011, including 515 million since 2014. Between 2014 and 2017, the share of adults who have an account with a financial institution or through a mobile money service, rose globally from 62% to 69%. In developing countries, the share rose from 54 to 63%. Sub-Saharan Africa is the only region where the share of adults with a mobile money account now exceeds 10%. That mobile revolution began in Kenya. Today, I'm here with Professor Djungu he is currently the executive director of the African Economic Research Consortium, but he was the governor of the Central Bank of Kenya from 2007 to 2015 and oversaw the digital revolution in Kenya, and he was at the heart of the Mpesa revolution. During his tenure at the Central Bank, Professor Njunguna Dungu stepped up as a global leader in financial inclusion. And this was driven by the path-breaking PESA program, which made mobile payments and mobile banking the norm for Kenyans everywhere. Welcome, Junguna.
1: Thank you very much, Albert, and it's very good to be here.
0: Well, as Africa ventures into the digital economy, particularly in the financial sphere, characterized by high dynamism, what are the appropriate regulatory standards to adopt including consumer protection, for example? How should regulators regulate fintech or other innovations in the financial sector without necessarily stifling innovations? Junko, now here are a couple of questions. But before we get into the technicality, I want you to share a couple of insights with our listeners. You were at the heart of the Mpesa revolution. What made it possible?
1: Thank you very much and I am very happy that I can talk about this subject matter which has uh, really baffled uh, most uh, uh, financial sector regulators in Africa. But the first thing to notice is that the debate initially was having a bank account. The debate initially was using financial services. And the debate was like you cannot have financial services unless you have a bank account. That is, you go to the bank. But what was the technology of uh, banking services then? The technology of banking services then was that to open a bank account, you needed a range of uh, reference requirements. You need a minimum balance. Most of the poor people with low income, and even that income has irregular flow, cannot sustain a bank account with a minimum balance requirement. So what was needed? What was needed is a major disruption. A few mm-hmm. banks in Kenya, which were microfinance-based, decided that the best thing is to remove the requirement for minimum balance requirement. Mm-hmm. But they could only do that if they were microfinance-based. Microfinance in the sense that they had the technology to manage micro-accounts, micro mm-hmm. that is, small deposit accounts and small savings accounts. But that is, the, that is the period when everybody was now thinking that we need a major disruption. So, I joined the central bank when the debate of mobile phone financial services was actually being researched on. It started by Kenyans trying to trade with more airtime in their mobile phones. They could send each other airtime. And then, all of a sudden, some people discovered that you could actually use the mobile phone for transactions. Now, that is maybe. There's a bit of history to that, but let me answer the first question. The first question is that for you to participate in the financial services, the initial demand for you, even the low income people, is actually transactions. If you can transact without going, without a trip to the bank, in Africa, a trip to the bank is a major issue. And it can be costly. And it's also very expensive in terms of uh, the the fiscal distance and even the time it takes to queue in the bank. So you needed a a transformation that allows you to transact without a trip to the bank. So the mobile phone financial services just became one important aspect and one important development that took place. And initially, it was just a person-to-person transfer. And a person-to-person transfer is much easier even to become a transactions account. You can set up payments in your shopkeeper in the village. You can send money in the village uh, without actually having to physically go there through the mobile phone. And it was purely based in a very simple technology of uh, just Change cash into electronic units of cash and load them into a phone and then use the SMS messaging just to transfer that unit to each other. And that was the starting point. But the most important thing is to understand that it gave us one of the most important developments, that is a retail electronic transactions platform. And that is the start of financial inclusion because the mobile phone account became not a bank account, but a transactions account that can be used for multiple purposes. As I've described, maybe the the best thing is to go through the stages. The second stage was, if you have a transactions account, how do you move when you want to save? If it's not a savings account, you cannot get uh, returns on that. Mm -hmm. How do you safeguard your money? And then the next thing was virtual savings account that developed, so we moved from a transactions account to a savings account. But here, this is the most developed, the most important development in Africa, and uh, that is Kenya has showcased. So it allows even the commercial banks themselves to manage micro account, all of a sudden, the virtual savings account became a technological platform to manage micro-accounts. Remember, the banks, which were, were not microfinance based in Kenya, could not manage micro-accounts. And all of a sudden, the m platform and the virtual savings account gave them a, 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 a technology to manage micro-accounts. The third stage is actually credit. Micro-credit uh, was uh, provided through virtual savings account. Then there was virtual credit supply platform. And all of a sudden, this became uh, a very important development because most of the poor would like to save and borrow and maybe shorten the savings investment cycles, but they could only do that if there's a platform which is uh, very efficient in terms of providing credit. So they could use their transactions data and the savings data that was, w- w- was, would generate credit scores for them to borrow short-term credit. And that has become very, very important in East Africa today. Mm -hmm. And that was a development. And the final stage is that you can now broaden and move into international or cross-border transfers and even international remittances. That has become very important. Those four stages is what distinguishes Kenya as a success story. And when you look at data from 2006 in Kenya in terms of financial inclusion to 2018, Kenya has moved in that in that in, in in the financial inclusion landscape and success story because of that but when you look at the other the rest of the african region it is a technological platform that can be scalable across countries can be replicated across countries and it's an issue of why is it not being replicated
0: no that's actually a very very important point but but before we get into replicability yeah. um i want us to come back to the building blocks juguna yeah. For um the MPesa revolution to take place, you needed infrastructure. You needed a digital infrastructure. Yeah. You needed um, you know uh, some dexterity in the way the regulatory framework was put in place, and that's where you guys at the at the central bank were were, were excellent, and the government of Kenya yeah. step up. But you also needed development of platforms, some digital skills, you know how, you know can you can you elaborate a little bit yeah. more on this on this you know necessary conditions yeah the first
1: important point about the necessary conditions was have just have uh, the mobile phone yes. And, 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 yes, and have connectivity yes because even when mobile phones were became quite a large-scale uh, introduction mm-hmm. in the country there were still problems in terms of uh, uh, connectivity but what did the government do the first thing of course the companies themselves decided to put up uh, mobile uh, boosters which were using radio boosters. But in the process, the government and especially in Kenya, they were putting up the fiber optic cables. Yeah. Then, that improved the connectivity. But let's, let me put it this way. This is physical infrastructure. But the core infrastructure was actually to be provided by the telcos themselves. And that is where it becomes very, very critical because the core infrastructure is very important because it allows you to move and roll out the products that you want. So the first initial condition is the physical
0: infrastructure. You need the physical connectivity connectivity. infrastructure. And And that's that's what allows you to get access to broadband. Yeah, that is allows you to to, to get the broadband. And
1: within the platform of the broadband, you can now roll out the products. that are going to capture the market and that is the first important point because when there is no connectivity even with voice telcos were having problems with their mobile phone because they could not earn adequate resources so the first thing is the physical infrastructure create uh, the fiber optics improve the broadband and then obviously then the, 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 the innovators can now roll out the products. That's mm-hmm. right. That's so, the first so
0: physical thing. infrastructure is essential. It's essential, yes. And, and and there is a role there for the government. And that is where the role of the government becomes very critical because
1: private sector cannot roll out the, 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 the physical infrastructure. Yeah. It is the government. That's the role right. of the private sector is actually to roll out the, the, the core infrastructure. After, if you can now... Put your 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 products on the broadband that is provided. If you can use the internet to roll out your products, that's the work of the private sector. That's
0: the work of the innovators. Speaking of the private sector, Jungkuna, um, you did mention the role of the telcos. Yes. In some countries, you know, they don't necessarily see uh, this digital move as 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 a good thing. They don't necessarily embrace it, especially when there is not a lot of competition. Mm-hmm. How did you handle it in Kenya? The first thing is that the you cannot actually force
1: everyone to come up with the innovation. It has to be those who are and these and, and, and there is always the first mover advantage. Those who realize that, you know, the telecos have invested in massive capacity. With your mobile phone you can do a lot. Mm-hmm. The first papers I started looking at was the mobile phone was being used actually to even discover where the market is. What is You want to take your potatoes to the market, but you just walk to the market, you first of all call a few markets to find out what is the price of the potatoes. Right. Then you know where to take it. And that's the use of the mobile phone. So the second thing is that mobile phone, the massive infrastructure is that you can do a lot of things. They did not need to do anything to actually come up with the mobile phone transactions because essentially it was just the SMSs that we, we were using. So what they needed was a partner who could host a, a transactions platform and then the telcos would just provide the, uh, the the transmission backbone. And that is what happened. But then because it is costing money, even that partnership, then it means that you have to get people who are willing to invest. It's an investment. That's right. Then the moment you get people who are willing to invest and they are willing to Innovation goes hard in hard. You can innovate, but if you don't have the the investment capacity, then you cannot roll out the products that you thought were good, right. unless you go out to sell that kind of innovation. So what they did was let's partner with a with a with a, with a, with a bank that can host the transactions platform, and in the process, you don't suffer from this aggregation problem. Then we'll explain where the aggregation problem started. Mm-hmm. The, the the issue was Kenyans were from way back in 2002. Kenyans were trading with airtime, so I if I owe you some money, I would send you airtime equivalent. I can slice my airtime and send you the equivalent of my airtime, and then some farm. This is microsave thought they could help one farm, one micro microfinance farm, instead of their... Their customers coming to town to pay for uh, their their loans, the the to pay for their loans, the small payments for their to service their loans, they could actually send airtime. The problem is if you send airtime, so many people sending airtime, they are coming to one account. You needed Safaricom to provide somebody who is aggregating that airtime and then pass it as as money into and into specific accounts. That's why we became the the research was like we need to get aggregators. Right. Now, when all of a sudden, the Kenya government in 2006 passed uh, amended the law in, in communication to allow for recognition of electronic units of money, and also allow electronic signatures, mm-hmm. the whole project of bringing in aggregators and airtime Collapsed, not, not collapsed, move to the next stage and say, you don't need that. You need only a transactions platform, and that transactions platform can actually direct the money to individual accounts. So you can have one platform that has many. Uh, many people coming in, but they are actually moving to one platform. It's like a deposit account with so many uh, people pouring the money into that. Mm-hmm. But because it was a payments platform, it uh, it was not a holding a holding for cash. It was right. a, a pay-in, pay So it is what we call SICO, cash-in, cash-out platform. That's right. Uh, so essentially, that's, that's how it solved the problem. So it, in a sense, you can see it's an, a series of research. By the way, I forgot to mention, when Safari come and um, and and realized that this can be done, they they went to Vodafone. Vodafone approached DFID. DFID said, "Look, you guys, this must be a good product, but because we don't know what is happening, you go back to Kenya and research for it." Here are the funds. They we're given a million pounds to research the product. So you can see, you can actually trace it back to Vodafone, back to DFID. Wow. So when they came back to Kenya, they advertised for banks and microfinance to show interest. And only one bank and one microfinance that showed interest. And that is why that bank was also willing to go on with the research and also willing to pay for, to invest for this platform. So right. there's a history about that and There is a I have history docu- that, that associates yeah, research yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have documented that in my case study in Oxford, which I started from the very beginning, even from the basic ideas. And there's so many people who have written about it. And bringing that together was a very interesting case of how
0: you can actually research innovate and you get results. That's right. So once you get the private sector excited, yes. one of the issues that may arise and, and does arise in, in, in a number of countries, Junguna, is the issue of interoperability. Yes. How do you bring those different platforms to yeah. okay. talk to each other and okay. to actually communicate? Yeah. Yeah, one of the things is why does a
1: problem of interoperability arise? One is because there's always the first mover came up with a platform. Correct. Now, in, 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 a, in essence, it was easier to integrate by commercial banks, by microfinance, to integrate with that. But different telcos also wanted, different uh, MV, uh, MNOs, that is mobile network or operators, also wanted to have their own platforms. It was not easy to come and say, let's invest and then write the platform. Right. So since everyone has their different platforms, the next requirement by the regulator is that they should talk to each other. Exactly. You can transfer money across. Yeah. But don't forget. How easy was that? In- it yeah. is not easy. Even today, it is not yet fully affected because essentially this is real-time transactions. Yeah. Now, if you are going to uh, transact across networks, it has to be real-time because essentially, you are, not, you are not going to allow any, any lingering uh, transactions, because they have to be real-time. So essentially, everybody must invest in a real-time. But now, it is like a market integration. You need to see how they talk to each other and how they integrate real-time. It has not been easy. The first regulatory requirement was that, when you have such a platform, you should make sure that it is capable of interoperable with other platforms. That was a regulatory requirement, right? But then, I remember when I was in the central bank, I said, "Please let me let us let us know from the central bank if you want us even to invest, in any way, to actually improve the process of interoperability." Now, but the thing is, everybody is looking at the market here. In Kenya. Most of the operators looked at market uh, at, at, at interoperability to improve their market share. So the small providers were pushing for interoperability to improve their market, uh, market share. Understandably. Now, then, understandably, but yeah. then I told them, you are wrong. This is not correct. Yeah. The most important thing you should know is that interoperability is going to enlarge the market and lower transactions cost. Correct. So it means the unit cost will lower. So the market enlarges for all of us. But if you want to capture the market share, it is the product you roll out in that platform that is going to capture the the market share. And they didn't like me because of that. But of course, the reality is that they have seen that is the case. The pie has grown. The the pie has grown, and now the slowly interoperability is working. But don't forget, in different countries, interoperability has been difficult because of the market structure. Success Correct. success is also don't forget there is also a back in success. Right. We pushed M-Pesa to the remit in terms of everybody wanted it. Yeah. Now by the time they they get round, they had introduced so much infrastructure that even sharing it, renting it out was going to be impossible. Or letting it out. It mean it needed that you have to have an intervention in terms of how it can be reached, not even the sharing formula cannot work. Because we have pushed it to all the corners of the country. Any other competitor cannot get uh, cannot come up with replica kind of infrastructure. The best thing is actually to look at markets in uh, the market in terms of how the market structure is and what is the best formula for integrating others to become interoperable. And that is easy because this is an electronic age. But of course, somebody must provide some leadership
0: in this. That's where we are. Excellent. So All this hard work, Junguna, Mm -hmm. led Kenya to become today the world leader in financial inclusion. Yes. You should be congratulated for, for that. Thank you very much. Congratulations. And, uh, in the
1: in the in the at the same time, we were also reading the way in terms of one of the networks that has supported Africa, Asia, and Latin America in financial inclusion is Alliance for Financial Inclusion. Right. That was initially for the, it was funded and started by the Bill Gates Foundation, and it's based now in uh, Malaysia, Kurarumpa. It is a, it is a network of uh, regulators mm-hmm. coming together to actually look for policies that can work for financial inclusion can be replicated across countries. Right. And they can also create, an, uh, 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 or should I say, a capacity building
0: for regulators to actually innovate. Right. Mm-hmm. So speaking of, of uh, replicability, when we look at the numbers, Kenya is definitely the, the world leader, the leader yeah. in Africa. Yeah. Followed closely by Rwanda, you know, countries in, like Tanzania, New Tanzania Uganda. Mm. It's almost an East Africa phenomenon. Yes. Right. And yeah. And, and slowly we are seeing some, uh, uh, some, some burgeoning uh, progress in Ghana, Senegal, uh, uh, Nigeria, and, and Southern Africa. So if you are speaking to your former colleagues, central bank governors in West Africa and Central Africa, yeah. who are definitely lagging behind in, yeah. in, in, in financial inclusion, digital financial inclusion, what would be your advice? My f- my first advice is that
1: the Kenya we followed the route we followed, because we didn't have the legal structures to help us in terms of moving in the direction that other countries have found themselves. That is the national payments and settlement uh, law. Was there not was no no not no in, no was national not in payment law. Okay. So essentially, what we did was to use. We have an amendment to the communication law that allows us to actually have electronic units of money. So it means that you can have a platform using electronic units of money. So first the, thing is allow, to, to allow that. Yeah, in, in. The, yeah. The second thing was because we don't have the law, we yeah. invoked the trust law. Mm-hmm. And so it means that this platform was an account owned by trustees. And that gives you some flexibility and safety. And that tr- trust account is in commercial bank, which the banks regu- which the, the central bank regulates. Now. I've talked to people from, uh, for example, in uh, Cote d'Ivoire and Senegal. And because they, the English common law was much easier to use the, the trust law, mm-hmm. but what can they use? I think they have tried to use even fiduciary account. Others have used the Xcrow account to become the transactions platform. In a sense, you can innovate. You don't have to start from where we started. Right. Okay. Then there is also a misunderstanding, which I have tried to clear wherever I go, that we don't want the Kenyan model. The Kenyan model is a telco collared model. We want a bank-led model. That is creating artificial restrictions because right. essentially the Kenyan model was never a telco collared it, it, model. It, it's not. It's only that because the telecommunication combined with the, with the commercial bank, the face of the telecommunication of the telecom company that is Safaricom is the one that you saw, <laughs> but behind the scene, the money being transmitted into that transactions account, the telecos could not even know what what is there. Mm-hmm. They are just a transmission backbone, right. But somebody needed to take the the the, the front, the face of it. Right. But that is what they call the telecoms model. It is not a telecoms model. The second thing, is that Kenya succeeded because of the we transformed the. Uh, the the network of agents who are selling airtime for the telecoms for the telecoms, uh into agents that were managing now the the, the, the M-Pesa account. Right. They were the ones. What was their role? Their role is you go to the agent. It's a liquidity distributor. He takes your cash and gives you electronic units of money, and then you can go away and transact. If you don't have a, a, a transactions account, you go there and use their transactions account to send money to wherever you want. So it does not condemn you to have a phone. And it does not condemn... It only needed, I want to send money to Albert. I need to know his phone. I go to an agent, I give him money, you send to Albert, I see the confirmation in five seconds. That is the most important, the turnaround. It is real time and the turnaround in Kenya is five seconds. So in a sense, there are several areas that we needed other countries to understand. The agents were not dealing with money. They were just doing any like shopkeeper business. You go, give your cash, they give you electronic units of money, load it in your phone, and you go away. Or you go with your phone, you want to Turn electronic units of money into cash, and then leave them with the units, and you go away. It's like a shopkeeper. Right. So essentially, that network of agents was very critical. Excellent. Yeah. Mm. So, so how do we sustain success? That that is very important, and I have I have four points on this. Okay. And this is my. It also covers my recent my recent write up in this area. Okay. We need to make sure that to sustain this revolution and to keep it up there and even. And enforce scalability to cover right. the whole the whole country right. and even across the first thing is connectivity connectivity absolutely we were so good we had fiber optic cables in east africa mm-hmm. but they had not covered the rural areas kenya right. is very busy Pro- providing uh, fiber optic cables across the rural areas. So nobody in Kenya today can complain about connectivity. Excellent. Nobody second. should be left behind. Right. The second one is that we have not solved the interoperability problem. Correct. We still want system. Yeah. It is good to have as many platforms as possible, but it's good to have them talking to each other and you can send money across so that you enrich the market and lower transactions cost. The unit cost is very critical. The poor are very sensitive to cost. Right. Third, we need to secure and have security of the system. And the easiest thing is to make sure that we have electronic ID. An electronic Ere- ID. An electronic ID is very, very important yeah. to ensure security of the system and also make sure that uh, the, the people who are transacting are identifiable and uh, we have all their details. And the final one, and very critical, is state and state and institutional capacity. For us, regulation is very critical. It is institutions that regulate. Once you are successful, you need regulations that support the market. You need regulations that develop the market further. But you need institutions that protect the market as well. But we need state and uh, uh, capacity for this. And we do not want a regulator that stiffens the innovations. We want a regulator that allows the market to grow, but hard hold the market. Lead the market, nudge the market to the areas that you want. And that's why the debate of interoperability is actually nudging
0: the market to the direction that you want. Absolutely. But let me let me raise one aspect of state capacity that mm. needs to also be strengthened in this mm. process, uh, Junguna, is taxation. Yes. You know, the issue of taxation of the digital economy is emerging as one of the most intractable. And we're seeing number of countries now tra- taxing transactions, mm. you know, instead of taxing corporation, you know, um, how do you see this playing in Kenya? Um, you know, how should government organize themselves mm-hmm. to uh, ensure that uh, some revenues are also mobilized from this new economy?
1: Yeah, this is, I think I, I have even the latest viewpoint in the brokings which everybody is talking to me about. The first thing is that the, the taxman should like to go to a booming sector or a booming subsector. It's right. good to enlarge the tax base. That we have no debate. No issue. We know we have no issue. Right. Taxation is good. Paying taxes ensures that you are going to help the government fund the resources that we We have already talked about government providing interest. Absolutely. It. How they does need, it they provide need resources
0: to, it? to provide that yeah. connectivity. But
1: at the same time, we have to make sure that taxes can be an incentive. Right. But when misused, they can be a penalty. Right. And right now, we are talking about the success in financial inclusion. All of a sudden, cash is not preferred and people are using electronic money. But if you are going to tax elektro- transactions in electronic money, you are encouraging a disincentive. That's, that's an incentive
0: to move back to cash. You move
1: back to cash. And that's the dangerous. moment you move back to cash, yeah. then the tax money is not going to get the results he wants. So I have two arguments on this. The first thing is to say that I'm not saying you should not tax, but even when we tax, make sure that the tax is As literal, the proportion of taxation is as literal enough not to discourage or to create a distortion in that market. The second thing is that we should not. We should always remember there is an optimal tax because it's an excise tax that they have imposed in Kenya and other countries in the region. An excise tax has an optimal uh, threshold. Right. Please, when you you pass the threshold, it creates a distortion in the market. But we want to make sure that we don't go back to the history of using cash. We don't want to move back in terms of uh, financial inclusion. And all of a sudden, we have exclusion. It's so expensive. Most people, the World Bank has produced a, a nice methodology of analyzing payments instruments. Yes. Across payments in, in, uh, across payments infrastructure and across countries, and you can compare across countries. One of the important things to remember here is that electronic payment system is just a starting point of helping the government in terms of its revenue administration and its own tax uh absolutely uh, tax digital, tax, platforms digital, digital platforms, platform, platforms tax for tax payments for domestic revenue mobilization now you're using mpesa to pay your taxes but if you also to pay taxes you're also being taxed for transacting then you start running away from that That's we right. can kill a very important innovation that has come to our place And all of a sudden it has been the most important thing by
0: just taxation because it cannot actually create a decision. So we need to be careful about uh, this this, this, uh, taxation of transaction. But we may also want uh, Juguna to uh, raise attention on global cooperation tax the uh, the corporate, the large corporate that are active in the digital sphere. Yeah, that's what we would like to do. We would yes. like to make sure that we use the digital space to make sure
1: that nobody uh, 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 runs, uh, no, nobody uh, runs away from taxation. For example, the digital economy. Yes. You order something from uh, the, the, the 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 through the internet. It has to be, uh, how do you pay taxes? Those are the areas, the rupos that I think they should catch. But the taxman wants always to catch what is near him. I think that is not the issue. But at the end of the day, I'm not saying you should not tax. What we are really saying is that make sure that the tax is reasonable, not to disincentivize the already
0: existing frameworks. Right, Mm -hmm. right. Uh, Junguna, we're going to be wrapping up soon. Let me just, uh, um, you know, uh, highlight that, you know, March it was women's day yeah and one of the things that is fantastic about the digital economy is it's probably more inclusive than the old economy was yeah. how is mpesa uh, benefiting women in in kenya that's a fantastic question because even research
1: has shown that actually mpesa and even the virtual products that mpesa has come up with has allowed inclusive financial inclusion women can save in products that cannot be encroached, that's the first important point. The second important point is that it has been shown in Kenya that close to about ten uh, percent uh, uh, of the population have actually been lifted from poverty, and most of them are female-headed uh, households. Great. Why? It's because EPF allows them to save, yes, to enlarge the, the 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 scale of their assets, and it also allows them to escape poverty cycles. Great. Now. When you have such a product that allows for inclusiveness, you know that the best, the most efficient savers are women. Yes. Women in trade, women in savings, but those products they're saving in are safe. They cannot be encroached. Right. I, th- I think this is one of the best innovation that actually benefits women in a very large way. Those women who are either working in business or otherwise, they have been, they have, we have seen tremendous, tremendous transformation with the with the inclusive finance and maybe it promises for us to scale it up yes. and that is maybe that is the promise for africa is the, this, uh, f- uh, the, this uh, technological platform that will allow uh, scalability across the, the gender, uh, the, 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 across, let's say, financial inclusion for all. But, but more all. importantly, we know that women are going to be more efficient. They will move into investment and everything else
0: will work through. That's excellent point, and that's the, a wonderful way to end this discussion uh, with Juguna. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm glad to hear that because uh, women empowerment is at the heart of our new strategy in the Africa region of the World Bank and the digital economy, what we now call the digital moonshot, is certainly going to be at the heart of how we support African countries, but how Africa can stop following, but probably start leapfrogging, start leading the world just like Kenya has shown the way in the digital economy. Uh, Uh, finance. So, Junguna, thank you so much for joining us on Afronomics Podcast. And thank you, dear listeners, for tuning in. As always, if you'd like to know more about Africa's economic growth, read and interpret the data we work with, and see all the published work of the Office of the Chief Economist of the Africa Region, please visit us at worldbank.org slash A-F-R-C-E. In other exciting news, I've just joined Twitter, so please follow me at Albert Zufac and share your views and ideas. Till the next time, talk to you soon.